All right, everyone, welcome back to the Blitz All Night podcast, episode four. Big Will, how are you, sir? I'm great, man. Coming yeah? off a big Super Bowl weekend. It was awesome. It was a good time. How about you? How you doing? Dude, I'm great. Sad that the uh, football season's over, though. That you know, sucks. we know we were blessed this year, Jack. We had a, a little bit longer season than we normally do. We did, and we had fans back, which was cool. Yeah. And... It felt like just yesterday was Scott Hansen on Red Zone counting me down for the first time of the year. <laughs> He'll be back soon. And it's already over, which is sad. But, I will um, miss that. I will. But today we're gonna be we're gonna be obviously doing a big Super Bowl recap. A lot we'll talk, to talk about. We're gonna talk a lot a lot about a lot of things. We got a little bit of golf with the waste management. We want to talk a little NBA trade deadline that went down last Thursday, and then we'll talk about the big UFC fight at the end that that went down as well. So yeah, sound good. A lot happening, man. I'm into it. Let's All right, go. here we go. say before we get into the recap we kind of nailed it we drilled a lot of it right out of the park dude it's like, a bummer that we don't have more listeners because we set up turns out we, we know success. turns out we know what we're talking about from time to time yeah some might say blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while but there's two blind squirrels in this room jack and there's nuts everywhere <laughs> and we're just not hunting like you can't believe we're putting nuts on the table <laughs> but so. yeah man we, we killed it it was a great game i like i said in the last cast, uh, I was excited to watch this game mm-hmm. just because I didn't have a dog in the fight either which way. I was happy to see either quarterback win. I thought there were coaches that both deserved it and had done a great job. So I went into it very open-minded, which I haven't done in a long time. And yeah. I, I was happy. No, I hear you. And I think that we said it where f- for the casual fan, this is an awesome game. Mm-hmm. And I think that turned to be true because – I, for me, I, I really didn't care who won. That'd be cool to see the Bengals win in the city of Cincinnati, but it, it would have felt like they were robbing the best team in the league of a Super Bowl because the Rams are the best. Which would have been a good story, right? We, yeah, we said it since we team. said it since the beginning of this cast that we started um, a couple months ago. Is this is the best team maybe on paper we've ever seen? Yep. And I think the big thing was that the defensive line that we said that was going to be the big. That was going to be the whole, the big factor of what, what this game was going to look like. How does the Bengals' bad offensive line deal with the best defensive line maybe in history? Yeah, and, and we, we saw that, and I was kind of impressed. I was at too. At the of the game. For and a while. I think the Rams came into it, and they talked about it a lot during the game. They, had, they weren't blitzing a lot. They weren't bringing a fifth rusher. They thought that they could get the job done. Just bringing four. Just bringing four. Yeah. And, you know... 
at times they were getting the job done, but Burrow had more time pretty much up to the first half and halfway through the third. Yeah. Like, no, and, and he they was putting him in a situation. And we said it, that Zach Taylor was going to need to make a scheme for and a good a playbook for this game where you get the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands quick. And I think mm-hmm. they did that, and I think it was effective for a while. And then they started lining up those three. I don't know if you saw this, but they would start lining up those three defensive linemen for the Rams on one yeah, side, and they'd side. bring one guy. Mm-hmm. And they'd open up the lane for a linebacker, and then it was Joe Mixon on that guy. And then it ended up being a nightmare because Joe Mixon historically Joe Mixon has never been able to block out of the backfield. I thought you were going to go a different route on that. He's historically been yeah. Don't, he's, I'll he's stop you. Puts an effort in Jack, but <laughs> yeah. he doesn't have, ever like uh, get the job done. I was going like to see. I was going with the off-field issues that he's had, but we're going to stay away from that. Yeah, we yeah. probably should. Yeah, I don't so, know if the cast has enough backbone to handle a comment like that. Not yet. But, but uh, no, so the. But it's true, right? So they did that. They adjusted that line, so it forced uh, a Donald like made made him make a choice to double team Donald or to split off, and they and chose that, to double team Donald, which is what you have to do. And the problem is, then you have Leonard Floyd and Von Miller, yeah, who are both awesome, and like yeah. th- that's a huge thing. You gotta you gotta you gotta weigh. And I mean, the Rams end up winning this game twenty three twenty in regulation. It, I mean, it was interesting. I. I it felt like the Bengals were winning this game for most of it, to be honest with you. It felt like they were, some things were falling their way. And then I don't know why, just the whole game, it felt like the Rams were going to win. Like at the end, like towards the second half, like yeah. Bengals were playing better. Their defense stepped up. They're a second half team. We saw it in the Chiefs game. For whatever reason, it just felt like they were going to win. I feel I don't like know the why. Bengals were in control of the game for a larger period of time, Jack. Yeah. But because of the amount of success that was at the very beginning for the Rams and at the very end for the Rams. Mm-hmm. It felt like, oh, well, maybe the Rams were in control. But I think the Bengals did a really good job. I think they made adjustments in the first half. They saw offensively that they uh, could take some deep shots, which they did, successful. Maybe a play call here or there that kind of helped them um, move the ball down the field. But, I mean, the, the Bengals played a great game. They did, and they were a couple plays away from winning a Super Bowl. Like yeah. it's not, it wasn't like out of hand. You know, it's a couple I mean? plays at the end of the first half that could have changed the dynamic of the game, and a couple plays at the end. And yeah, it just—I don't know. Like from, I, it was weird. It felt like the Rams should have been winning, and then the Bengals had control, and yeah. then that's why I just felt like the Rams were going to end up taking it. What do you um, think the the if you had to pick a point, your first point in the game that was like a big tide turner? Honestly, it would have to be the long, long catch where, with the questionable call. I think it was the OB. I don't remember what happened first. It was that or the OBJ injury. I think it was the OBJ injury first because it was before half. And that was right as they came out of half. So when OBJ went down, and we wanted to talk about this because I didn't realize how big of an impact he had on that team. Yeah. Replacing Robert Woods when Robert Woods got hurt. Totally. And then OBJ goes down and you're like, and you're like, Oh man, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. And then you see it in the second half where, I mean, Van Jefferson's good, but he's not a number two guy that you can rely on like every other pass. Right. Right. And I think that was where you start, you started seeing where it was like, Oh man, if they can just shut down a Cooper cup for the second half, they're going to have a huge problem. Yeah. And that was the turning point for me. And then it came with that. That I'm going to look it up here while we talk about it. But um, 
I thought that was a big play. I thought OBJ going out, like you said, yeah, was a good one. And that was uh, crazy. I think I think there were really three. So we talked about those two briefly, and I think the drive where the Rams are going down the field, they're behind, and they got a couple of penalties inside the red zone that gave them a, multiple shots at the end zone. That was the end of the game. The, what was it? Fourth and I think it was like fourth and goal, and they got the pass interference on Cup. It was third down. They were going to take a field, or they were going to have to go for it, okay. and then they got the they got the holding call where he kind of grabbed his hip. But it was it was a makeup call. We got to talk about that first. Is before we get to that because that was the end of the game. But the right at a halftime, the first play from scrimmage, Joe Burrow hits. Uh, I think it was T. Higgins, right, for like a sixty-plus yard touchdown. Yeah. It and was. I mean that that was right. That was clearly pass offensive pass interference. I mean he grabbed him by the face mask and Jalen Ramsey. I'm not a huge Jalen Ramsey guy, but that was obvious. He was in the right there. Yeah, I mean like, it he was the perfect angle, right? Like you couldn't see the line judge couldn't see the grab. Cameras could see it. The middle judge was turned around. Just couldn't see it. But it's bizarre though because that guy is always like he might get burned once in a while. But he's not falling down like that. Yeah. And so that's where I was like, what happened? Because like immediately I was like, there's no way that's that's it. Yeah, and I just didn't you think know? twice about it when I saw it because, I mean, Ramsey was kind of getting burnt all game. Jamar Chase had his number. Yeah. I was, I was excited for this matchup because it's like the young, amazing receiver that everyone's psyched about. And then you have like the somewhat of a veteran who's the Darrell Revis of our time. Right. And I was wondering, I was like, I wonder what this matchup would look like. And I got to give it to Jamar Chase. I mean, he won the won the matchup, in my opinion. I think Jalen Ramsey was having problems. And then they would put him on Higgins, and Higgins was having having his way with the Ramsey. Was, yeah. I don't know. It was weird. Kind of a fun highlight. Boyd dropped his first pass of the season in this game. Is that right? Yeah. It was, I didn't it was know the that. first pass. Boy, it dropped. And it that was, was like, actually it was pretty crucial too. It was like a. Well, he didn't even look the ball in. Yeah. Like normally, was, normally you're like this, and then as soon as it hits your hands, you're turning. He was like. He was like a <laughs> third nine. Like they needed the first down. It was kind of crucial there in the fourth quarter, and Burrow kind of let him over the middle, and you could tell like the safety was coming down and was gonna clear heads. Like somebody was gonna die. <laughs> this guy was coming down hard. I think it was uh, that safety that signed Eric Riddle was coming down hard. You know that dude's like 40? Yeah. He came back and played. He signed and played just the postseason. Dude, Eric Weddle was on the Ravens when I was like seven. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's been there forever. This guy came in and signed to help them out in the secondary for the postseason. Did yeah, a good yeah. job. Got a ring and is now retiring. But Boyd... Was I feel like it was the first time he dropped the pass because he was looking to, like, he knew he was going to get lit up. He was trying to dodge it and make sure he was at the first down marker. He was purely going to get the first down, but I think he heard footsteps. It was upsetting. But I thought I, it was a wild stat. That whole, is a wild stat. Whole and season. Before we move on, I got to say, like, if, if I'm as a receiver, I, I don't think people give them enough credit because think about knowing the fact that you're about to get lit up. Yeah, it's hard to like make the sacrifice to catch that ball and no, rather than turning. You know, I th- I think that instinctively people don't give receivers enough credit, knowing they're about to get absolutely destroyed. They're just blasted. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I mean, it's crazy going over the middle. That's why you see a lot of big time receivers that really just like to run the sideline routes and get yeah, deep. I'm out. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. I make millions of dollars now. No, exactly. Can't do it. But. So uh, yeah, so we got to talk. I mean, in terms of refereeing. That was clearly a missed call. You know, there weren't a lot of calls in the game, Jack. And then going, no, there wasn't. There was like it two was penalties. Awesome. Like, play. No, there, there, was, there was like two, and I actually appreciate that. But it is tough when you see a call like that against, like that is a no call against Jalen Ramsey. It's clearly like altering yeah. the game and momentum. Yeah, where it should have been called. But yeah, you're right. There was only about two calls all year, all game, and then. At the end of the game, there was it was like they took over and were controlling it. Yeah, and it felt like some makeup calls or something was going on because I was like, it felt like somebody was like, we can't really let the Bengals win this thing, can we? <laughs> <laughs> People in the headpiece, uh, guys. Yeah, <laughs> uh, can't let those cats win. Do something now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it, but it, it felt at the end of the game it was bizarre because what, like you mentioned earlier. Cup gets turned. Not even. I mean, he had a hand on him. It was good. Def- it was good defense, in my opinion. It really was. Yeah. I forgot who was in coverage, but it felt like it was a linebacker on Cup. But it felt like he played great defense. He swatted the ball, and yeah, that was it. That's and a tough they, play. And they called it, and I, it would have been fourth down. And that's a huge. And then they score a touchdown. They either kick a field goal or they have to go for it on four. No, you have to go for it because there's like a They're minute. Down. Yeah. There's like a minute and a half left yeah. on four, so you have to go for it, and that changed the whole game. And it's tough because it felt like a makeup call. Because it absolutely felt like it was covering it up. Rams shouldn't have been down. And that was the game if they missed on the next down. And it felt like a, a makeup call. We were talking about it. It felt like, I mean, makeup calls are a thing. People have seen it. I don't want to say that it's a thing. It's a thing. I think it absolutely is. I think it absolutely is. Um,. I try to piece that out of my, my mind, but you know, in, especially in big games or especially in big matchup games, like, I don't know, Cowboys, Eagles or Packers, Vikings, like there's, when it's in that national televised spotlight and you have all of America watching, there's going to be somebody in your headpiece being like, all right, guys, we got to make one up for that bullshit we missed. Can't be on the highlight reel about it all day tomorrow. And it is so crazy to think so, about, like when you think about a big picture, because you're right. And I, and I think when you're when you think about referees, yeah. If this how was much the Giants in Jacksonville, I'm not. Cares. I, I don't think the NFL is rigged at all. I really don't think it is. I think it's too hard to be able to rig that, and I think it'd be too obvious. Yeah. I think NBA refing. If you haven't listened to Whistleblower podcast about uh, Tim Donahue and that whole situation, go listen to it because that is crazy. Yeah. But this shit's wild. That like that's easier to control because people aren't watching the whole game. Like, and you can throw some second, you can get put some fouls on the guy in the second quarter when no one's really watching. Yeah, viewership fourth quarter. Football it matters all the time and everyone's watching every second. Yeah, so it's tough to and it matters. And I, I really do think that that was the makeup call. Like I really do believe so. I was disappointed. I felt like they had a couple of calls there on that drive inside the. The 10 that were like, all right, well, now we're stretching it. Now it kind of seems like everything's kind of sliding the Rams' way and they're getting the calls, but... It sucks because I think everyone can universally agree outside these two teams that were playing, if you're a diehard fan, that A, that Ramsey call was BS or the no call was BS. That should have been offensive yeah. pass interference. That touchdown should never have happened. 
Yep, changes <clears> the landscape of the game. And then the holding on Cup, that was BS too. That yeah. was changes the landscape of the game. And both of them. Yeah. And I think I think you can universally agree. I don't think it's the story of the game. I think the better team won. And I don't know. It's just weird to think about. Yeah, it is weird to think about. But um, Cooper Cup wins Cooper the Cup, MVP. MVP. And man, we talked about MVP Jack last week, and how you got to figure it's Burrow. Stafford, when we were picking bets, we should somebody should have slapped the other one and been like, if you're doing Burrow and uh, Stafford, excuse me, as the QBs and you're taking the whole field, I saw that, and you could take the whole the rest of the field outside of the quarterbacks. That's the fucking play. What was the opt? I didn't even uh, see I'd that. I'd have to look it back up. But. but, no, you know what was funny you just said, and I just popped in my mind? We both said it's going to be Stafford or Burrow. And if we thought the Rams were going to win, we should have absolutely taken Cup because we were talking about Matthew Stafford. I said it. Don't picks. He's going to throw two throw picks. picks. I said he's going to throw two picks, yeah. and he did. How so can you give him the MVP? If how he's can you do picks? that if he's going to do? You yeah. know what I mean? Like I don't know how we we didn't think of that. Yeah. Cup should have. We should, right. It well, should have been easy. We're but new I, to this. Do you we're think we are? But we're, do you think? Live and learn. First of all, Cooper Cup's an amazing story. He went to Eastern Washington, right? No. No, no, no. He did, but he had no. That's what I'm saying. Prospects. Yeah, he he didn't get yeah, any, any scholarship offers. Nothing. Goes to the combine, gets signed as an undrafted free agent, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I mean, great. It's a cool story. Great story, man. His wife works full time to, so he could go to school and. Yeah. So I mean, he seems like a great guy. Go for surgery. Cool. And so that that good for him, for man. He's gonna get the fattest contract I you've ever it. seen. But I love let me let me ask you: Do you think Aaron Donald got robbed of MVP? Uh, no. He, he had, I think, two or three sacks and, and yeah, made huge pretty plays. crucial sacks and some some moments, right? But I'll think from the very get go, like he was bottled up. Like their defensive plan didn't allow him to be successful early on. I don't think he played an entire game. I think he had some crucial sacks and some crucial plays. That one arm tackle on Sonaje P Ryan on fourth and one or third and one. Third and one at the last drive of the game. Oh, yeah. And then he sacks Burrow. And then he sacked yeah. Burrow. So, like, he had some clutch shit right down the run. Like, right at the end of the game, Jack. But I don't think he stood out enough. You could argue the other side of it. I think there's an he argument. Was, he's so good. And he still got that done, even with the double and triple teaming going on. But I think Cup. No, they got a Cup one. I think there's an argument, but I think they got it right. Yeah. It was cool, though. I mean, like, did you see that Sean McVay on fourth and one said... Uh, Aaron Donald's gonna make a play. No, I didn't see it. He said he it. called it. He called Pulled it. Pulled McPherson and was yeah. just like, "Well, yeah, Donald's gonna make a play. <laughs> we're gonna win the Super Bowl." Yeah, basically. <laughs> and it, and like he called it and he was like, Aaron "Donald's gonna come up big here" or something like that. Yeah. And I mean, he did. Like when it mattered, like guess what happens? The D line, like we talked about, takes over. And that I mean, that's at the end of the day. That I mean, that's what goes on. And I mean, it's it's huge. So here's a question I have for you. All right. Looking back on the season as a Bengals fan, do you regret not taking uh, Penny Sewell from the O-lineman from Oregon? <laughs> I'm genuinely curious because Jamar Chase had an incredible year, but guess what bit no, him in the ass? I don't think you can. I don't think you can. I don't think you can. I don't think you can look back and be like, oh, well, this would be different if we had Penny Sewell blocking. It would, I don't know it if you're in the game if you don't have Jamar true. Chase. I agree. I agree with you. I think you have – a a talented player and you know there's a lot more linemen coming into the league every year than there are specialty players like uh, Jamar Chase 
And what's great for the Bengals is now you say, okay, we have everything. We we focus on our O-line, our defensive backs, and we're going to be a really good team. Yeah, I think they're Because good. their D-line's good. They need some linebackers and, and some younger uh, guys in the secondary, I think. Um, go yeah. Buffs. Should do uh, Awuzie's on the uh, on the Buffs. Mm-hmm. Saw a Buffs flag in the in the stands, which was dope. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I think I think you get a couple more young guys in, in the secondary, and you just beef up the O line, and that team is going to be good for years to come. Yeah, seriously. And it's just you know feeds back into Joe Porter hating his life as a Steelers fan. Like they're going to be bad. Bengals are going to oh, be good. Your buddy, yeah. My, all my buddies, <laughs> yeah. Justin Camp, Matt Murray, Ryan Todd. Shout out to you guys as uh, the Brownies. Sad Brownie Football Club, but uh, I think you guys have the Bengals to watch Dude, and I mean, hate moving forward. It's going to be Baltimore and Cincy. Like, what a no, great matchup. you got Lamar Chase and Joe Burrow now. And then yeah. it's, no, it's AFC North. It's weird because I thought the Browns were going to be a huge player in that, and I don't, I don't think they are. I don't know, man. Like, they have a bunch of talent. Baker's not the guy. I don't know. To, to bring them. Like, we can get into that, that whole, that, that whole that's story. Another, but, that's another thing. Um, yeah. Like anyways, you, like I just, said. no, I think, I think the Bengals need to be excited at the fact that they got this far because they were not, I mean, this is Joe Burrow's first full year playing mm-hmm. and look where they got him. Yeah. He so, might I mean, not have a full year next year. We'll see. Hopefully he stays yeah, healthy. As long as they get straight into the game. Was alignment. But I mean, I, I really do. Yeah. And that was the other thing before we get to this, but he looked really hurt. Like, yeah. you don't scream like that unless you're incredibly hurt. And it was, like, the perfect camera angle. Oh, it's not. Peering into his face yeah. mask, and he was screaming. You, you could, could see it. And I almost thought, and I haven't even said this to anybody, Jack, but at the end Ooh. of the game, Ooh. I haven't said this. This is pretty raw. This is raw material. He has his fresh. hands way up high. Woo! Here's a hot take. I don't know what to do with my hands right now. Hot take. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, at the end of the game, after that happened... Like, Joe, like, I was like, is Joe, like, about to cry? Like, he looked like his tears were on the verge. And it might have been just pain tears. It might have been like, I'm really hurt, but I have to go out here for this last drive. I think that if you are a true athlete and competitor and you're in that situation and you can play physically. I was like, is he overwhelmed? Is he caught up in the emotion here of the game? Like, the, the diehard, we go out there and be successful on this drive. And it was like too much. I don't think it was. I think he's joking. So here, here. I think he was hurt. I am not comparing myself to him at all because he is a way better athlete than I'll ever be. But I remember my junior year of high school, we played our biggest rival in lacrosse, and I broke my ankle the practice before. And I was like, not going to miss that game. So, I, and it was swelling, it was bad. And I was like, dude, this thing is for sure broken. I tied my cleat as literally as tight as I possibly could. Yeah, and I was like, I will deal with this after this game. And yeah, it made it worse. Turns out, not great. No, no way. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> turned insane. Again, not comparing myself, but as an athlete and a competitor in my and like my past, like on that stage, on that level. Yeah. In his shoes, like if you tore your ACL but you can walk and play, you're doing it, and you'll deal with it after the game. Yeah. You know, and and I think there's a chance he had a Absolutely. very significant knee injury that might come out. I later. wouldn't be surprised if we hear about it in the next week or two. Because you're not screaming on the ground like that unless you really got hurt. Yeah. And he was in, and he didn't go seek medical attention. Nothing. He was like, I'm. He kind of knew, and he had those eyes, man. He had those eyes like, fuck, I am in a lot of pain. Like the, that pain where, like, even if you're enough of a man, your body still creates tears. Oh yeah. Like you, you're just like can't. I'm doing this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm emotionally putting myself into this space of pain and I'm going to live with it. 
And I, I love him for it. If that was the case, I'd fucking love Burrow for it. Uh, no, I big, I big time. I think I think in that I think in that position, like he's a tough ass dude. Like I'm not taking anything away from him, but I think truly, if you're a real competitor and and you you played sports your whole life, this is the you've been dreaming about this. Yeah, I don't think there's any way you're pulling anybody out of that game. I yeah. really don't, unless you like literally cannot walk. Right. But either way, I'm not taking away from him because he's the man, and I I feel for him, but it's crazy. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about your boy Applesauce? Applesauce, dude. And why I think Cup got the MVP is because he made this athlete on the biggest stage just look horrible. We're talking Eli Apple. Eli Apple. If you didn't pick it up, yeah. Applesauce. And that's, I can't kind of, I can't say that I, I said, called him Applesauce first. It was a Robert Woods Robert, I, and that's the best because Robert Woods is hurt. Yeah, and so, he's so like applesauce, and it was like a picture of Cup catching it there at the end of the game, and he just had his number um, every wagon. Like there were a couple of times where he would approach Cup after he caught the ball in like a three yard out, like real quick, and Cup put the waggle on him, and it was just like, oh, I'm broken. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's happening. Let go of the strings. It's happening. I'm out. Yeah, it's happening. And uh, I don't know. It was just kind of a funny uh, funny thing that Robert Woods brought up, and I just wanted to make fun of applesauce. The, the tweets of, like, all of the different, uh, like, burnt toast and, like, all <laughs> – dude, he was just getting roasted. Dude. And the worst was Mikko Hardman because he was talking shit to Mikko Hardman the, the week after yeah. they beat the, the Chiefs, you know, and he did yeah. the attack on Tyreek Hill. He was – just talking trash to Hardman. He showed me this. Hardman like tweets out this picture of his Super Bowl ring from a couple years back of yeah. the Chiefs winning, and he goes, "Hey man, like sucks to come up short. Like if you want one of these, just get better at your position yeah. or something like that." Keep I trying. Like, I was like, "Oh, yeah. that is just so." Well, if you want one of these, play better. Sorry, suck it, nerd. So gnarly, and like I don't even know what you say to that, but he just got. He was just such a journeyman. Like he was in the Giants forever, and I, yeah. as an Eagles fan, like. I liked playing against him because I thought he always sucked. Yeah. And, like, the fact that he was there on the biggest stage, I just didn't feel like he deserved it fully. And it kind of sh- – I think he he got – I don't know. It showed. He got ripped. He got ripped. So, um, I don't know. It was funny. But – and then the other one, Van Jefferson. Yeah, dude. His this kid, kid – This is crazy. His kid just starts – is his wife, I think, when goes labor. into labor mid-game. And he, you saw, I mean, he missed the celebration. He's sprinting out of the locker room. Yeah, grabbed like, his daughter. It was crazy. Like, you, it looked like something, yeah, like, you're like, oh, shit, it's going yeah. down. Some of the best cuts he made all game. <laughs> he talked, it was his route out of, off the field. I thought you were going there with the, the scalpel on this, the oh, C, on well, the C-section. You no, know, I haven't seen it, but I'm, I'm sure yeah, it's probably no, pretty clean, but too. He, but he actually was. Like, he was Booking it out of there. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, I saw the clip. So here's my question to you because this happened and then OBJ, there was a rumor that his girlfriend who's pregnant was also thinking about like that might go into labor that day. Yeah, so she's she's due around this time. So here's my question is if let's say your due date, you're gonna be a dad here soon. Yeah. Congratulations. It's coming up. It's coming up. You're not a Super Bowl athlete, however. But if I was. Let's say Super Bowl's on April X date that I'm not going to share. But let's say it's on that date. Are you going to go to the game knowing that that's the due date and you're going to go play? 
that my answer here will be questioned by several family members that listen to this cast, but I am absolutely playing in that game. What would your uh, I think soon to be I, wife say? About I think that. my wife Katie would absolutely support me in yeah. the action. I think she would. I think she would. She's a competitor. She's so you're, exactly. You're, but I think it's not even that. It's are first you, born, the question is firstborn child. It's like that's pretty tough. And she's alone on her own. It's scary. And you're I just know, man. Like, I think like <laughs> I think I could put somebody in those shoes. You look stressed out. I think I could like be like, you know what, <laughs> Coach, we're gonna put you in there, Teresa or Ashley. I'd probably send her sister. I'd be like, Yo, Ash, I need you to be with Katie. And I'll be there right after the game. I'll Jefferson my ass right out. You'll see a big boy making some cuts. But she's already I'll like, tag in. let's say it's over by then. Well, you know what, man? I'll be there on the day. Child's pretty fresh. Like, I don't know. I'm probably making the wrong decision, and I'm recording it right now. And putting um, it on the And largest. putting it on Spotify. Yeah. This is great. But nah, I'm playing the game. I'm going to play the game. See, I've worked my whole life to this moment. And let's be honest, if I was in the NFL and that was what was paying the medical bills, daddy's playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> you look so conflicted, but you, it's the wrong answer for you're sure. Standing right that's, I'm standing ground on it. Do you want my answer? Yeah, give it to me. I actually you, don't know. Yeah, I was like, fuck off, dude. Here's, like, here's the thing. is like, you my can't. girlfriend would kill me. <laughs> yeah. But... I also know, like, in that position, I'd be like, this is what I've worked for forever. I feel forever. like the, the conversation would have to be had, right? So you would know where you sit. Yeah. Also, how about so, you don't have, you don't conceive a child nine months before the Super Bowl? Something to throw out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There we go. I don't know. Like Just avoid it I all. I planned mine. I didn't, but. Yeah. Anyways, okay, interesting. You're a selfless or selfish dick, so it's good to know. There it is. Yeah. All right, so we got to talk about our, uh. Our picks, our, yeah. our success, if you will. Yeah. We've been doing this for a little bit, Jack, and we really hit it out of the ballpark. We dialed it in. We crushed it. a big game. We did. I'm proud of us. So the, the big bet was bang, the main bet was Bengals plus four and a half, which hit. We stayed away from the over-under, but we said if you were going to take it to go under. Yeah, which it hit. It hit. It, it was, was under 43. 43, yeah. Over-under was 46, I believe. Yeah. So that hit, the Bengals plus four and a half hit, and then we got to get to the prop bets, which was crazy. We we went like four for six or something like that. It was and pretty, it was pretty it was nice, good, man. Like, so I think we did heads or tails. We said tails, it was heads. So that yeah. was that was bad. We went over on the anthem, which hit. Yep. She belted it out like we thought. Mm-hmm. And then the first, we did first play, which was the other one we lost, which was, um, we said pass, it was a run. Yeah. The but crazy then, thing about the heads thing, real quick, is the last seven Super Bowls over one. I saw this. The head, the coin toss, lost the Super Bowl. Right. Rams called it, lost it. And he they, called tails. It was heads. Bengals. Yeah, no, no. If they won the toss, they lost the Super Bowl. Right. That was the stat. Yeah. Yeah, and so it happened again. And it happened again. So the last eight. Boom. That's pretty wild. Jerseys, by the way, white jerseys, now 18 and 4. All right, we got to like write this down for next year because they're <laughs> fucking A. The white wild. jerseys, too, so whoever's wearing white is going to win. Wild. I think there was a stat, too, 
I'm not a superstitious guy, but I think there was a stat where the Bengals played bad when they wore their black jerseys. I'm not Ooh. 100% sure, but I, I feel like I remember. That would have been a that. deep dive. Yeah, that, that's a little into the weeds. But, but you know what we had? Huh. We had the jersey numbers. We talked about this for a while. We had both of them right, too. Yeah. Where we had first score over under like 24. Yeah. And we were talking about like, okay, well, we, if, if it's going to go under, it's going to be Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, and it was Odell. Yeah. And we said under. Applaud you. I heard you had a last minute bet. Yeah. Dude, I had a huge night because I bet a lot of our stuff. And then I also took OBJ to score, score the first touchdown. Huge. Huge. And then I also took Ram- I live bet Rams money line with the money I won off that. So Ooh, it was in the game. Yeah. So we won most of our stuff. And I also added on those two, like, like kind of impulse and it worked out team winning by exactly three points either team yeah we got we it. talked about that just it was, like how that the playoffs was like playoff. plus 400 or something like that yeah and yeah. i hit plus 430 and we it was crazy we were just daddy cash that <laughs> we're just we were gonna <laughs> we're gonna god damn it one of these days that comment's not gonna catch it's you it's not gonna color. hit me but i have to stop every time but <laughs> what is wild is we we said this is gonna be a defensive game and that we think that whoever's going to win, maybe the Bengals, maybe the Rams, it'll be like 24-21 or 20-17. to 17. It was 23-20. We were right yeah. there. Like, we had this down. And, I, and I, my buddy, Dusty, give a little shout-out to him, he uh, texted me. He's like, is this a hot take? I think that game was kind of boring. And I was like, I, I don't think it was I, a great game. I actually don't disagree with him. I thought it was lacking excitement. I thought it was, an, it was competitive. But I don't think it was like, oh, my God, look at this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I thought it was a little mm. boring, especially in the second half. And I think it just played to exactly what we were thinking, where we thought this was going to actually be a defensive game. Yeah, it was. Where the Rams' defense is, is great, obviously, on paper and their experience. And then the, Ram, the Bengals showed up, and I think it had a little bit to do with OBJ getting hurt early. That was a huge momentum shift like we talked about. But I think they found their identity against the Chiefs in the second half. We're like, we're a second-half team, and our defense is good. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're young and scrappy. And, and that's you kind of saw it, right? They, they made adjustments early on, right? And they were in the sure. game. And then they came out of the locker room, drive down the field, score. Yep. Get a quick turnover, drive down the field, score again. Yeah. And it's like, okay, this is a game now. Everyone's on it. No, it was, but, it was real, man. But yeah, man, I mean, we, we picked some winners, which was great. And we had the, what was it? The We had the first touchdown jersey under, and then we had the all the jerseys combined. It was like over 167 and a half. And we thought the over. T. Higgins did it by himself. Yeah, just yeah. crushed it. And we said, like, listen, if T. Higgins scores once, that's it. Yeah. And he scored twice, and that was that was the bet. So we had the, those two. We didn't take the octopus because that was dumb. It didn't happen. Yeah, thank God we didn't. That's just stupid that was on draft. You know, which one I took that I'm glad it voided because there weren't any challenge flags thrown at all. But I thought for sure McVeigh oh, yeah. in the first one. I was just <laughs> yeah. dialed. I was so on board with that. And I put a decent amount of money on that, Jack. Like, I was just so convinced with our conversation. <laughs> and when no fl- penalty, like, no challenge flags were thrown, I was like, Shit. Did I just lose that? Because no flagstone? Luckily, the platform I'm on uh, voided it, and the money was back in my account. Gave your cash back. That's yeah, which was great. Um, and then the one I want to talk about, which was pretty wild, was the first penalty flag thrown in the game. There weren't a lot. There were only like six while, penalty right? penalties in this game. But like, there's only two up until the last drive. Yeah. Or two and or three. There yeah. were like three in the last minute and a half. Yeah. Um, but the first penalty was 
the cornerback for Cincy, who was out, he wasn't active. He came on and celebrated that interception in the He end was zone. like in sweats, and he yeah. came on and started. I've never seen yeah. that before. Soon to be former cornerback. Yeah, he, he was reading me an article. <laughs> it was it was like soon to be former quarter quarterback, whatever yeah. his name was. Vernon uh, Hargraves. Vernon Hargraves comes off the bench and celebrates, and that was what? actually kind of a big deal because they got 15 yards on the kickoff. Yeah, the Rams did. And or, no, they got pinned in their own territory. Yeah. And they went, I think they ended up punting. And that could have been, I mean, that was, instead of the 20, it was like the 10 because they had half the distance to the goal and they got yeah. screwed. So. And they kept showing. It was pretty vicious, man. Like, the camera guys were vicious in that moment. And this guy will never live it down because they showed But what are you on doing? The like, what are I you know. Doing? You're an idiot. You're an idiot. You're excited. They're about to come. They just intercepted the ball. They're about to come to the sideline celebrate with them where you're supposed to be. It's insane. I'm surprised. They showed him on the bench like three times after that, like three quick breaks. They showed him on camera. And I'm like surprised he was allowed to stay on the sideline. If I was the coach, I'd have been like, get the fuck out of here. I probably would have murdered him right there. I mean, I don't know. It's tough, too, because if they scored a touchdown, it doesn't matter. But they didn't, so it's tough. Yeah, but great picks, man. It was a great week. Way to go, bud. Fucking A. I will pat myself on the back. We had a great, great week. I love right. it. All right, we got to hit two more things before we're done with the Super Bowl. A couple of fun things. We're done patting ourselves. Everyone's talking about it. Halftime show. Man, love that. I was sitting with some friends and I was watching and I was like, this is the best halftime show I have ever seen. Because yeah. I felt like it encompassed all generations from if you're 40, you obviously remember Snoop. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. was just coming out. I mean, that was so influential. And then even my age and younger, like, People know who they are and they know the stories and they hear, you know what I mean? It was yeah. just so cool. And I liked the way they had that set up. I don't know about you, but instead of one person playing a bunch of songs yeah. and you might not know a few, it was just like five super influential people and you knew everyone. Yep. And I thought that was fun. It was, I thought everybody was great. I, I don't know if I just didn't see it, but I was surprised by Curtis Jackson, Mr. 50 Cent. I didn't know that he was in it. And when I saw him, I was like, oh, no, hell yeah. He wasn't scheduled. All right, I was making sure of that. I was trying to Google that earlier. No, no, that was but, the ultimate throwback too, because the in the in the club or whatever his yeah. his album cover was him upside down, and in the music video he was doing sit ups upside down, and he yep. was jacked. Yeah, and then he just pans to him upside down, and he could still kick my ass, but he wasn't looking as in shape. Yo, bro, it was just kind of funny. Tired, the meme, the memes were all time. Let you know people get a little thick. You know, like he was still. I thought in decent shape. He's a little thick. But no, 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 he's fine. It was just funny. But it was, was a great halftime show. Snoop, Dr. Dre, Eminem. Now, do you think Eminem kneeled on purpose, or do you think he was just out of breath? For sure on purpose, but I think that there... I've heard, and I don't know how true this is, so take it as you will, but it sounds like they told him not to do that. Yeah. And he did it anyways. That's what it sounds like, too. So, whatever. I don't think you can tell... Eminem, what to do? We've no. seen that. And he's <laughs> like, absolutely right, we're going to stop performing. Like, yeah, it's like, see ya. Whatever. It also, did you see that, like, I don't know, I have a problem with DJs nowadays where it's like, especially nowadays with like, for example, you go see like a Kygo concert. It's obviously amazing. I love him. But like, he just kind of stands there and okay. he's like pretending to like twist stuff and like make things happen, you know? Dr. Jerry's kind of doing the same thing. And obviously, he's an amazing DJ. I take nothing away from him. But, yeah. like, he wasn't DJing. What do you expect him to do in that? But I remember scenario. looking at my friend, and he was sitting there, like, pretending, like, do it. I was like, dude, you don't have to pretend. Like, you're the man. Like, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's we love you. Yeah, yeah. You'd almost be better off not pretending and just standing there. 
yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just chilling and just cruising. I don't know. And then the other point, I, I, I really do believe this is the best halftime show I've ever seen. But the other thing that was funny is Kendrick Lamar swears and curses and like all of his songs like yeah. a thousand times. So like his bit, like you couldn't like half his song was split up because he, like they had to censor it. It was so weird. I was like, what are you doing? Even Katie, Katie was excited. She was like, oh, you know, she even made the joke uh, about it. Like I'm. I'm here for the halftime show. I'm like, I'm sure you are. She watched the whole game after working like 12 hours that morning. But she was there, and when Snoop came on and started singing, she goes, that, those aren't the words. I go, yeah, it's TV, Katie. They got to edit it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't Joe Rogan this. <laughs> yeah, you can't just say what you want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, but it was awesome. I agree with you. I really enjoyed it. Do you think this was like a top couple halftime yeah, show you've ever I seen? Yeah, I think so. I, think, I mean, ever yeah. since the... Uh, uh, what's his name? Justin Timberlake pulling out the titty. That was crazy. <laughs> I think it. I think it beats that one. Did he dumped him out for the whole world? <laughs> yeah, he was there. You <laughs> yeah. know. And then uh, so that was awesome. And the last thing before we wrap up Super Bowl, dude. I have a question for you. So, growing up, I remember watching. We're talking about the commercials, and I remember watching the commercial. That was like a big part of the Super Bowl, where you would have people. You would have people watch parties. Right. Half of them were there for the. Ch- Super Bowl, the other half were there for the commercials. And the halftime show. And it was a big deal. The commercials now, I was telling you about this, and, and I think you realized it, but you have these expectations of, like, this is going to be hilarious. Yeah. Like, there's not one that stood out to me besides the Austin Powers one, and that wasn't even funny. And then, the, and then that BS LeBron commercial. Oh, my God. I was like, Jack you really had to start pump up your ego a little bit more. I was like... Which is the hype too much? Yeah, motherfucker. You had to call a bunch of people to help you win a championship. The hype is too much. <laughs> now, he's amazing. That's not the problem. It's just the fact that, like, he had to do the I hated thing. that commercial. I did, too. That's what you were asking. I was like, dude, I, I couldn't pick but, out one that I loved. Right. But I remember which ones I disliked enough. And I don't know, man. I wish we could get back to for how expensive those fucking things are. They pay like six million dollars an ad or something. Dude, it's crazy. It's, it's not like, funny. They're not it's funny like anymore. Multiple millions of dollars for fifteen seconds. The and only these things are. Did you scan the QR code? Do you remember that commercial mm-hmm. for crypto or what no. was one of those? Crypto? It was a Le- Le- LeBron one. No, no, no there, that was crypto.com. But there was a there was a there was a commercial where it was just a QR code bouncing around for like thirty seconds. Shut and up. And then at really? the end of it, it was like I forgot what company it was, but it was a crypto company. And it just had their website. But must I, have been I wish someone. I wish you had seen my bar with you while that was going on. I wish you had. Uh, I think I might say something else, but I wish you were. Uh, I wish you had scanned it because I, I I haven't talked to someone who had, and I'm curious. It's probably just to their website. But yeah, it's probably to the app store. Download the app, clown. Just yeah, just a, that's probably exactly what it was. Picture of you naked. Hated it. Yeah, oh, there we go. There's yeah. that. So I don't know. I think I think the commercials are. Don't I think it's QR code for that, Jack. I think it's <laughs> okay. I don't. I don't think commercials are really there anymore. Like I just don't think it's like a like it doesn't get people excited. It doesn't get people excited, which and sucks because I, I was such I a work for the industry. I work for the beer industry, and I get super jazzed about the beer commercials. And Budweiser's always had good ones. Oh, with the Clydes there. Yeah, and they had yeah. good ones this year, but you know I see the whole clips working for these guys, and then you really only get part of the clip and I wish they would just pay for the whole thing and see see all the hard work that they pour into these things but yeah man commercials kind of a letdown this year I agree I think it's been a letdown for a while but this year especially yeah bring but, the gecko back Budweiser gecko I love that thing 
Geico Gecko? No, the uh, what are you talking lizard. about? The lizard. The lizard. Budweiser lizard. What are you See, talking? I've about? had too many pints. Going off on a tangent about commercials. Pint system. The pint system. Um, it's like a Richter. It's force. like a Richter scale for Will. Yeah. What uh? What what seismic event have you had this today? Like at one to ten, where you at with your pints? Uh, I don't know if I need to disclose that on Spotify. The point, the point the scale, point scale, point scale, man. Yeah, we've had a few points, just well, a couple. That was Super Bowl, Jack. We wrap that one up. R.I.P. Football. football will be nothing until September. Yeah, we're gonna. I mean, we'll be back. We'll talk. We'll probably talk about the draft. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and we'll have. We'll it's do. Over. We'll do an episode with the draft and probably some way too early. Uh, favorites for next year we'll get into that but. but we're excited like obviously closing the chapter on the Super Bowl and football for this year but now we're excited to look ahead to um, we got a lot going on I mean we got yeah we got the NBA we got the NHL we have March Madness yeah we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about you know UFC and boxing we'll talk golf so we, it's not over and yeah. we're gonna keep this thing rolling so it's gonna be great and Jack it just helps us lead right into we had a segment last week where Jack was wrong. But this week, guess what, I was Jack? A, I wasn't wrong. Was I wrong? You were wrong last week. We had a segment on it. Are you this wrong? Week, we have a segment, Jack, you were right. What did I do? Well, you, you guessed the Harden trade, man. Oh, yeah. Well, that was... The NBA trades. That, that was, that hold was on. what I was pitching here. Literally everybody was saying, I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. It's nice of you. You don't have to feel for me. I know. I just I felt like your feelings were <clears throat> last time when I was like we have a segment where Jack was wrong. So no, no, no I, I, I try to bring you back in. I laid I laid into you the first time, so I absolutely deserved it. I right, get it. Well, so I appreciate it, but everyone and their and their mother somehow you didn't pick up on this trade. Um, we got to talk about NBA trade deadline. We'll start with Harden. Yeah, Harden, NBA, man. Harden to Philly. Yeah. And Simmons to the Nets. Happy about it. Believe that, yeah, I, I actually am. I, th- I, I said it. I think it's a win-win, I think, for... We'll start with the Sixers. So they get James Harden and Paul Millsap from the Nets. I think that the Sixers, as they are, they're 34-22, and 22, and they're good, but they're not going to win the championship. They're not beating Milwaukee. They're not beating Brooklyn as they were. Mm-hmm. They're not beating the Suns or the Warriors. They needed to make this trade to, to make this season count, take advantage of Embiid's... MVP caliber year. Yeah, you, you think he's going to win it. If he keeps this up and doesn't get hurt, I do believe he'll win it. Um, but, and you get rid of Simmons, which was huge. And that was just a big thing. We just had, you just had to take care of that because that was a mess. Mm-hmm. So I think for Philly, it's good. I think it's the debatably the best duo in basketball. We'll see how it plays out. But Embiid and Harden is ridiculous. We have a good young team with good young defenders. We're deep. It, it was the right... I say we, the Sixers. I think it was the right trade for the Sixers. And also for the Nets, you look at it, like I said, you have KD, you have Kyrie, and you have James Harden. All three of those guys aren't going to get as many shots as they normally should be getting because it's not – like they're all guys who need the ball. Mm -hmm. So you get rid of Harden and you bring in a guy like Simmons who's going to facilitate – yeah, I think it's a good thing for them. I think it's a good thing for them too. And they got Seth Curry, which is a and, big acquisition. And they might, uh, you know, it might kind of build up Simmons' role and his confidence in himself again. We, we get this kid back on track because he is a talent. Oh, he's amazing, and I think if he if he just just plays his game now, the the Nets are going to be very good. And I think that um, it's a win win. I really do believe so. Mm-hmm. But the one stat I saw for the Nets, which is crazy, James Harden, Kyrie, and 
Kevin Durant have played 16 games together since they all, <laughs> and they're 13 and <laughs> that three. Is such a crazy. They're 13 and three, and they broke it up already. So we never even saw what they could be. Yeah. Because Kyrie won't get vaccinated, James Harden keeps faking injuries, and then Kevin, you know what I mean? It's just a mess. So, yeah. like, if they had actually reached their full potential, I'd be very curious to see what they would do. But, too, too bad. That's what it is. So, I think it's a, it's a win-win for both. Yeah. Do you have any final comments on that? No, I think it's a win-win. I, I was going to let you have that one because I, I know it's a little dear and close to your heart. But uh, the next big one we have, Porzingis from the Mavericks to the Wizards. Yes. I don't really – I honestly – I think it's a good trade for the Wizards. You get you get Bradley Beal some help. Yeah. Um, so they have Bradley Beal. They have, now they have this middle guy in Porzingis who's going to do what he does. He's, he's very good at what he does. And they're on the they're on the bubble. They're on the playoff bubble. They're trying to get in. They're in. Yeah, and I think they're having DC. a decent year. And I think that they, they're a lot – much improved from last year. Bradley Beal is incredible. And then um, – yeah, they are on the bubble. Okay, they so are on the bubble. They're, they're better than last year, but they're still not great. And they get rid of Spencer Dinwiddie, and then they get rid of um, Bertans. I don't think they gave up too much for him. Bertans is very good, but Porzingis is the man. And I think that he wasn't really working in in Dallas. It seemed like with yeah. Luke, with Luca for whatever reason. So I think it's not bad. I, I don't think it's a terrible trade for either. Um, I. I, I think the the Wizards won this trade, if I were to guess, but who who knows? You who always, knows? People always say that. They're like, oh, they won this trade. People get all worked up on yeah. social media about it. It's like, you don't know shit. Just yeah. wait. Like you, All you can do is wait, and you can guess, and I know it's fun to make those, but it'll um, be interesting to see. I just always have to lead towards the Mavericks, and whenever they make moves, that they got the best out of the deal just because of their owner. Because of Mark Cuban. I love him. He just seems smarter than everybody else. Smarter than the rest. So, so regardless of what we can actually read on paper, there's something there. And I think uh, the Mavericks came out on top just because of that. But that's okay. my two cents. Agree to disagree. And then the last one <laughs> is this, uh, the Pacers-Kings deal. So this was crazy because the Kings send Buddy Heald, um, Tristan Thompson, and then Tyrese Halliburton to the the Pacers for DeMonte Sabonis, Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, and a 2023 second round pick. When you first see this, you're like, wow, the Pacers just fleeced them because Tyrese Halliburton is this kid from Iowa State who was a stud in college, huge prospect. He came out, he had a good first year. And Sabonis is an all star, but Justin Holiday and Jeremy Lamb aren't great. And it's really like Sabonis and a, cup and a pick for these three guys. And I think they've been playing well already, and it's it's interesting. I just everyone was shitting on the Kings for this, but I think the Kings are going to come out on top. Actually, I think so because I think you give Sabonis with but um, Darren Fox, and, and they have they have a good young team, and I, and I think with him and that he's an All Star last year, and I, I don't know. Part of me thinks that the Pacers act, or the Kings actually did well with this, which I at first I was with everybody else, but now I'm starting to think. Maybe this is actually good for the Kings. Yeah, there was like all these all these Kings fans just lighting up right ownership in Sacramento, and it was it was pretty funny. But I I don't know. I'm uh, I'm a bit impressed. I don't know what you think. If you got any thoughts, you know, I don't have too many thoughts on it. I thought it was interesting to see two teams that are clearly out of it making moves. Yeah, you know, and in, in my eyes, usually there's a team on the bubble. It's like teams on the bubble. 
or somebody just trying to get that sixth man off the bench. Um, so it was kind of weird to see this much action going on between these two teams. Uh, but it, it's all kind of like what you said. It's like we're going to have to wait and see who was swindled here. Because it I, seems kind of swindlish. Swindlish. I, I don't think it's – and I don't really think it's one way or the other in terms of like swindling or whatever. Like I, I, I think it's more – yeah, like you just got to wait. And yeah. who, who, who fucking knows? I, I really don't know. You know what I was disappointed in? Huh. Denver not really making any moves. You think they could have done something? I thought they, I thought they could figure something out, man. Um, I've just always wanted the Colorado, the hometown teams, to like, they never seem to do anything around the trade deadline in any sport. But they did Aaron, they got Aaron Gordon last year. That was big from the Magic. That was that yeah, was. A big I guess I, I forgot about that. But no, I, I hear what you're saying. You Typically, know. they don't. Because I remember that being a big deal. For my friends, they were like, oh my God, he finally, they did something, you know. Yeah, so that's I, true. I hear you. And now, I, I mean, maybe I've just like cleared that out of my head because Aaron Gordon's like, I could see myself playing here for the rest of my career. So yeah. I just assume no, that he's true. been here. I've just washed it out. But yeah, man, I don't know. I'll hopefully see the Denver Nuggets push a little bit here towards the end. We get I agree. Murray back. It's no. going to be good. I agree. So, so that's that's the trade deadline in essence, and we'll get it. we're gonna get more into the NBA. We're gonna we'll we'll do Diving a full breakdown, do some hockey and all that. But we got to uh, we got to talk about the waste management. Dude, that, that lined up with the Super Bowl. That was cool. I told you last podcast, like yeah, next year if we, we got to go. This we're into it. We no, should we just go, go and then go. do the Super Bowl podcast in Phoenix. Man, what a ride! It looks so fun. First of all, like, out of all the sporting events, like, so my, I've had friends who have gone. Like, they get to the 16th hole at, like, 6 a.m. Have you Maybe seen the video of them opening the gates? Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like, it's a, like a dead sprint. And then they're there for, like, eight hours. Yeah, I have to start training now if we're going next year for that sprint. Are we going to do that? I think we should. Yeah, you, you got to. <laughs> Dude, but, like, the is it worth it to be at that hole all day? I think so. Right? I think if you do, like, the two-day pass... And one day you do it. One day you do it. I think you just get it out. I think you go second, like second day. Oh man! Maybe the second day you're going there, and the the third day, so you buy the pass for day two, day three, and day three you follow the leaders. Okay, but I think that second day they're warmed up. People are there. The atmosphere is warmed up. Yeah, full environment of that 16th hole. The seats are warmed up. The draft lines are cold. The we got ice in the cocktails. The lines are in. Straws are long. We're ready to go. Daddy pops are live. Daddy pops are live. And dude, I actually, it is crazy because I, it just sounds like a, a lot, but it would be so much fun. Dude, they go crazy about everything. Like a great chip, a good putt. And I mean, we what, were blessed this year. What's, you know what's funny? With the two hole in ones. Is that like, I didn't even know who won the tournament until, because it's in a line with the Super Bowl. So, like, yeah. so I didn't, I didn't even know. Well, they went to an overtime. And Scotty Scheffler got his first uh, tour win, which yeah. is awesome. He seems like a cool so, That's awesome. I think he's going to be a big player this year. Yeah, I think, I think he's, he's going to win some big tournaments. I don't know it's if he was really, favorite, I think, for the match. He was, I think he was recently signed by Nike because I thought he was like a titleist dude. He just seemed like kind of that way. Oh, but, maybe. But he's a Nike guy. So is I, he? Maybe I could, I, that could have been for a while. Nike's trying to put a lot of money. But he beat out uh, Patrick Cantlay. So, yeah. good for him. But we got Patrick was in it all day with his hair again. That blonde hair of his. The Eminem, the Slim Shady. Yeah, Slim dude, Shady. Yeah. We got to talk about the hole-in-ones, though. Yeah, let's talk about so, it, I, Well, first of all, we got to talk about... It all started with Tiger Woods, this hole-in-one. We yeah. talked about it last time. 
Yeah. And that was just like the most absurd thing ever. Of course, Tiger did that. Everyone starts throwing beers. And I feel like it started then. Yeah. And then you get to the 16th hole and they like really build it out. It's this famous thing now. It's a stadium, Jack. It's a stadium. They have it. They have like suites behind the tee box that you can buy. And then they have cover. They had to cover a majority of it because people were just hanging out and boozing so hard. And in the hot sun, people were like, medical attention was through the roof like the last couple of years. So now they have covered areas all because the way to the end. Because just drinking all day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's wild. It's awesome that they're, like, throwing beers when they – I think the first guy um, – what was his name? I'm uh, uh, The first guys. one was Sam Ryder. Sam Ryder, and then, then it was Ortiz. Carlos Ortiz. Yeah, yeah. And so those two, like, that's just got to be the coolest thing ever. Like, you know it's kind of rowdy. It's kind of right. loud. So you're like, all right, I don't know. There was, and like, that 27-minute break to clean up the hole. <laughs> Imagine that the guys behind. If like, you were playing golf, fuck? like I get so pissed when like we are waiting all day. Yeah, yeah. And like if you're For a like pro five minutes at this tournament, yeah. like you can't. I couldn't imagine who was behind them. It was it was Brooks Koepka. He's probably fucking oh, furious. Lit. But the um, you know what I think they should do on this hole because it's so cool. I think it should be like no rules. Like mm-hmm. it's just like you're you're going in the teeth of dog. Like you're like. People can be screaming as loud as they want. They are. No, I know, but like the people are like somewhat respectful still. Like it's not it, like it, there's some chatter, but it's not like yeah like, yelling. I think you should so, be able to get taunted like as loud. Like that should be like this the the hole where it's, it's like gridiron, huh? Just yeah, yeah. Bring it so in. they can be screaming horrible things at you. Like it's loud. Like they can be screaming in your backswing. I think that would be so I fun. Feel like they do that. I, they do, but not to that extent. No. Where it's, where it's no. no. And I think it might transition to that. It's more like cheering. Yeah. Well, but actually, be, the, how the world rolls is it'll turn nasty. And, and it would be just so funny for like, it doesn't happen anywhere else. Yeah. No other time of the year, no other course, no other place. This is the one hole you have to just get up there and hit this super intimidating shot right. with everyone yelling at you. So, in the past, the history of this hole yeah. has been. 11 hole like there were nine hole in ones in the history of the phoenix open before it became the waste management open on this hole yeah nine okay we got two this yeah. year it's crazy and they that was like basically the highlights of the tournament right we like how these people reacted do you think because of the history of the hole and we got two back to back you think now the opens putting these hole locations in easier spots I don't think they want to deal with it, like the cleanup. So no. Yeah, you don't think so. I don't no. think so either. I look I at the. Just, I, it just no, no. came up in my mind. I hear what you're yeah. saying. I think I look at the other side. Like yeah, for views and stuff, it's great. But yeah. like, I don't think they want to deal with that. This thing ranges like this whole ranges, Jack, from like 154 to 178. Is the range between uh, the? I, I didn't realize it went that far. Yeah. So it's like that's, early, like, a, that's like a two three club difference. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And that's insane. You see a lot of these guys like ripping nine and eight irons into it and then in the weekend they're slapping a pitching wedge in there yeah that's nuts and then this is wild. this is my question to you we're both big golfers both pretty similar let's say you have to go hit a shot yeah there. okay are you flushing one on the green like are you hitting it on the green <laughs> dude i got that i got that performance energy what did you tell me earlier i got big dick energy Thank bro you. yeah I yeah. That, yeah like i i think i <laughs> i step up there i don't think I don't think I have any problems. I'm not going to be like the bachelor guy that goes up there. Dude. Did you see this thing? Oh, my God. The camera guy. <laughs> and apparently okay, well, before, yeah, yeah, so he, he was doing like a, a 
practice shot, or he says a practice shot. I don't think it was a practice shot. I think he missed by a lot and took that beaver pelt deep. Dude, he, I think he whipped. <laughs> great. And he, like, full, like you said, like, full divot, like, yeah. stops his swing. Like, clearly uh, something was wrong. Uh, then he literally goes up, and then he shanks it into the camera guy. Like, and he, yeah. like, pretends he, like, goes up to him and, like, holds him. And I was like, dude, like... If you ever lied about being on the golf course when you were somewhere else, it's coming to fruition right now, my friend, because nobody will believe you after that golf swing. No. Yeah. It was vicious. But I think I think I flushed one, man. What about you? I I think you would. So I've had a couple experiences under like extreme pressure. Like so growing up, like I played with my dad and his friends were betting and like I didn't put up the money, but it was like my dad's money and I had to play well. So I belt I've dealt with it. I've had one experience where I totally choked. Yeah. And I've also had experience with you. Where I was playing with my girlfriend's dad for the first time. Yeah. And then on the 18th hole, I hit like a 20-foot eagle putt. Just right there. Yeah. And I was just – and I shot like 77 or something. And it was I was a just huge like, for you. I was like, That was Jesus. like – and like – I mean, I played well. Like that's like around what I should be scoring if I'm playing. By the way, well. the rest of the family but, doesn't ever want to play with you again. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. That's yeah, a great day. But like oh, that I was like, like most pressure, like in front of your girlfriend's dad for the first time. And yeah, I did huge. that and I was like, okay. So I don't think I would like flush it and stick it like really close. I think I'd yeah. like hit a reasonable shot. Nothing yeah. crazy. Like I think I would be able to. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I'm putting this thing. No, no, no. Where they can give me birdie, but I think I'm putting one into the green. I think so too. I think I think at least it's going to be a respectable shot. I know I what I'm doing, and I, it's not coming up short, Jack. No, I promise you. If anything, I'm putting one <laughs> in the fucking stands. It's a bullet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will Bill Murray this thing into the Galleria and be like. Are you not entertained? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, at least I could see you totally doing something terrible, but then like saving yourself by doing yeah. something like that. I could see yeah. it. So, a six pack. I know. So, that, so that's Wasting Engine Open. It's, it's a fun one. We're going to go to it next. It's good. We got to do it. We got to do it. And we'll play a little bit and then go from there. All right. So last, last segment here, we got to talk about the UFC a little bit. Um, and Jack, this is, this is kind of your specialty here. I'm not a big fight guy. We're going to get you more and more into Yeah, it. I'm getting into it. I told you I'd watch him this weekend. Yeah. I went out and watched him with a good buddy of mine, Joe, who was kind of filling me in on some of the history. Um, we're going to have to have Joe on the cast here one day. Yeah, we um, can. You guys will hit it off. And we'll, and we'll watch some of them together and we can, we can yeah. just talk about it. Because my history is I'm a huge boxing fan. I've been watching it ever since I was like 10 with my dad. And then from there... I uh, had a buddy, and I started training for boxing, so I've been doing it for about five years now. Gotten pretty good. Um, but my friend was, he's, like, big into UFC training. So he was training yeah. with some of these guys, and uh, he's a past coworker of mine. And so he was like, you should watch this. It's, it's awesome. Right. Started watching it. Never thought I'd be into it. And I've just, like, I've loved it. It's yeah. a great product. I mean, the biggest thing about it is the fact that boxers and boxing now, they have their own promoters. And they never make the big fights because it's all about money. It's all about like building up your record, all this crap. Right. UFC, I do believe they're underpaid, but they make the big fights. So you got to give Dana White, the CEO, credit where you see the biggest fights like five times a year, which is awesome. Yeah. And that's what you need. So this one really brought the sport up. Like it really crazy. has, and the way they market it, and they're they're very smart about how they do everything. Totally. And they're they're gonna. I mean, if they haven't taken over boxing, they're going to. But. We got to talk about the fights. We're going to talk about the main two um, for the casual fans. So we had Derek Lewis and Ty Tuivasa. So if you don't know these guys, Derek Lewis is the black beast. Most most knockouts in heav- heavyweight history for the UFC. Yeah. Famous quote of all world. time, which might be one of the best sports quotes, <laughs> is, Derek, why'd you take your pants off? 
Well, my nuts were hot. He goes, he goes, like, I remember he wasn't like a real, he was like a contender kind of. I remember watching this fight and he goes, why'd you take your pants off? He goes, my balls was hot. Yeah, my balls was hot. <laughs> exactly. So incredible. So it was him. That he's, he's getting older. And this young guy from, uh, he fights out in New Zealand, I believe, tied to Ivasa. And he, I think he's like a Pacific Islander. Yeah. He carries that flag. I don't know exactly know which one it is. I don't want to be wrong, but he's the shoey guy. Shoey. So he's doing shoey. I was in the bar, Jack, watching this with Joe, and everyone just starts screaming shoey. And I'm looking around like, what's going on? Yeah. Joe had to fill me in. Love it. No. Disgusting. Disgusting. But I love it. Oh, it's awesome. I, I have not done one of those. I've seen people do them, but yeah. like, I would never. He does it from random people. I just throw him shoe. Wicked. He was walking through the. Uh, Walking through after the fight and was doing shoeies and they're like, no, you got to leave. Like, we got to bring out the next fight. And he was like, just stopping every like three or four people and doing shoeies. Well, and that's what's funny about the fight game too. Is like these guys, this guy is not the best. Have you? These are big boys. Well, he, this guy, I mean, he's a big boy. Like he's not even like shape per se. Like he's in shape, but he doesn't look like he is, you know, yeah. he's a, he's a bigger dude. And he is not he's not gonna beat Francis Ngannou, the heavyweight champion that's like two hundred and sixty pounds, that's just full muscle, who's great all around. He's not gonna beat him. Yeah. But what's crazy is like it's all about building your brand by right. doing these sh- like Conor McGregor's not the best fighter ever, but he would talk shit, he would get in people's faces, he'd yeah. get into their he head emotionally. The like, and it just yes. grew massively. And that's what this guy's doing, which yeah. is so smart. He's just gonna become so he already is a star and he's gonna be a huge star. I mean, he knocked him out in the in the um, second round. He was crazy, fun, right? I did, like, and, and he was getting Lewis was landing shots like I all thought over him. Shuey over here was going to be in a world <laughs> of hurt. And most and, guys would go out from those shots. Yeah, and he it was, was wild. Like, we were watching it, and he got into a situation where he was on the offensive, and I can't even imagine this elbow. No, and how much that uh, fucking hurt. We call him a elbow. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. I like that. Just fucking... I didn't oh. know. I like that. And it doesn't matter how big you are. Like, if you're taking that elbow, dude, like, with enough Ooh. force. Concrete center block for an elbow. Dude, the, the elbows and the ground and pound and stuff in the UFC still gets me. Like, it's just so gnarly. Yeah. But... I, mean, I watched a couple of the, like, earlier fights and watching guys just, like, take beatings where their head was hitting the mat. Oh, yeah. And come back up and get punched skin. I was like, uh, death. <laughs> Hello, are you there? It's like that. that <laughs> You're at the door. It's like the uh, the from Ice Age. Where he's like Sid. He's like, no thanks. I choose life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's like every time I watch a, a UFC fight, that's what I'm feeling inside. I'm I like, would imagine oh. that at least in one lineup card, like there's one game Get where that comes into your mind. Get um, out of here. So I mean, good for Tai Tuivasa. He's an awesome young star. He's gonna like. I think he's just going to be a – he'll never be the heavyweight champion. I think he's, like, taking over Derek Lewis's spot where he's going to get a bunch of knockouts. Yeah. It's going to be so fun to watch. The, the shoeys are going to be awesome. Yeah. He's just and so I, – he's just a great dude. I noticed the atmosphere in the bar that we were in after that fight was at a different level. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't even need to be the quality of the fighter. It's, like, who he is, right? Yeah. The, the room was more electrified because of how the fight was going. He ended up winning – People were excited. People were yelling shoeies. There was one guy in the bar that took his shoe off and tried to chug a beer and made a big mess. It was hysterical. Yeah. But the bar went to another level at that point. Okay. These guys have been drinking for three hours now at this point, watching all the fights in this bar. But 
It's just fun. It's It's just, it's just, it's just objectively fun. It's a different atmosphere. So congratulations to him. I think he's going to be, he's going to have like another big fight, and then he might get a title shot. But Francis Ngannou, the heavyweight champ, he blew out his knee and is having surgery, so he won't be able to fight till end of this year probably. Okay. So he got a little bit of time. So the heavyweight division is going to be, they're going to have to start fighting each other, which will be fun. Uh, let's get to the main event, though. That was the co-main. This, the main event was Israel Adesanya, the middleweight champ, versus Robert Whitaker, a rematch. A- Adesanya took the belt off Whitaker to become the champ, I think, oh, two, okay. two, two and a half years ago in Australia. It was, like, one of the biggest fights ever. Okay. Um, it was at the Marvel Arena in, I think it was Melbourne. And Adesanya knocked him out. A lot of talk. Robert Whitaker is definitely the second-best middleweight. This is what we saw. Adesanya, though, is just, like, He's amazing. Like, Dude, and he just seemed long. I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are because I know you're not a diehard fan, but like, what do you think of him as a fighter? When pretty, you watched it, I want to hear your thoughts. I thought he was, you know, and this is a rookie talking about fighting here, so please take it for what No, no, but that, that's perfect because I'm curious. It, he seemed like a pretty well-balanced fighter, man. Like, he seemed very long and he knew that, so he knew to kind of stay away. Yeah. And he could still attack when he needed to. He pressed inside when he needed to. He defended the ground. I, you know, I was impressed. At this point in time, I'm tired. I'm not super into the fights. Yeah. But I thought it was a good fight. It was, it was interesting. It went the distance. It did. Here's the... Th- so, w- what happens with Adesanya is, like Whitaker the first time, he knocked him out. A lot of guys, like, they're going to be like, oh, I'm going to rush it because he's a kickboxer naturally. Yeah. So everyone's like, I'm going to get inside. I'm going to wrestle him. I'm going to do all that because that's where you win. And it's true. But the problem with him is he's such a great counter fighter, like counter puncher and everything. It showed it. And guys are scared to get inside because it's hard to because he's so technical and so good and he'll counter and just get out. And that's the whole thing. And so he tried to do that for the first three rounds. He was, like, being hesitant because he didn't want to get hurt. And then the last two rounds, he put it on him. And I think Whitaker actually won rounds four and five. Yeah. I thought it was a close fight. I think Adesanya won. And I think that as a champion, as a, as a, uh, as a challenger to the champion, excuse me, you have to really win the belt off of him. Yeah. You can't go in and like maybe win. Like it has to be clear that you won. Yeah. In my opinion. If he would have made that adjustment in round three and done it round three, four, and five, and last, he probably wins the title, you think? Wins the belt back? I think there was some debate that he won. I don't like watching the fight. I just didn't think he did. I mean, I remember and Joe got, and I talking about it, and we weren't sure who won the fight. Like it was pretty. You got to score it round by round. That's how they do it. And they yeah. score it based off of certain like um, aggression, takedown, submission attempts, significant strikes, etc. That's how they're scoring all of this. So you got to consider that every round. Yeah, it's not just oh, it looks like he won, right? Like it's very specific on how they're scoring it. I think he won three to two. But, like, if you told me Robert Whitaker won that fight, I wouldn't have been shocked, super shocked. Yeah. I, I would have said, like, I don't know. But I think they got it right. But I think they call him Izzy, Israel Adesanya. I, I just think Izzy was just a little bit – I don't know. I just think he did enough. And it, it clearly – like, he never got hurt. He tagged him up, the leg kicks, everything. I, I think it, they got it right. But it was a, it was a good fight. Whitaker's definitely the second-best middleweight. Yeah, okay. So, All right. Well, I look forward to learning more about this with you, Jack. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep doing it. It was it was a fun fight weekend. Um, both stayed up and watched it. And yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start talking about it more when the big fights come, and we'll watch it without a doubt. Do the pay per view and all that. But my man, dude, another episode down. Wrapped it up. I appreciate it, Jack. Yeah.
Uh, this was great. Blitz All Night podcast. RIP to football season for the year. Got a lot to come, though. Yep. Look forward to March Madness. Always a great time. Look forward to some golf. Look forward to abs, hockey, talking hockey and NBA. Yeah, man. Uh, we got a lot to come, man. More than just football here with us, too. So Let's do it. What do you, uh, you got to say to the people? Uh, appreciate you guys listening. We're seeing more and more uh, listeners week in and week out. And, uh, we love it. Defense on me. Okay, Petey, don't you drift to the strong side. Coach, they're calling a holding penalty on me every time. Did I ask for your excuses? You want to act like a star? You better give me a star effort. Do you hear me? Forget about him. Alan, you're in. Come on. All right. Now, I don't want them to gain another yard. You blitz all night. And if they cross the line of scrimmage, I'm going to take every last one of you out. You make sure they remember forever the night they played the Titans.